Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, October 3rd, and this is your FT News Briefing. The EU wants Hungary's help in supporting Ukraine. And hopes are high that more transparency in green finance can help the world reach its emissions goals. The interesting thing is it's always claimed to be able to help green the global economy. But now regulators are saying, prove it. Plus, Oktoberfest is serving up good vibes about consumer confidence in Europe's largest economy. I'm Joanna Gao, in for Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Brussels wants to shore up support for Ukraine, and it's turning to an unlikely ally, Hungary. The EU Commission is preparing to release billions of euros in funding to Hungary. In exchange, it wants the country's help in order to pass a big budget later this year, one that would include significant aid for Ukraine. Securing support for Ukraine has become more urgent in recent days. The U.S. Congress stripped an aid package over the weekend in order to agree to a new government spending bill. The EU froze funds for Hungary in December. It said the country wasn't complying with rules to protect human rights. The country's prime minister, Viktor Orban, has long been an ally of Russian President Vladimir Putin. In the past, he's refused to send military aid to Ukraine. Environmental, social, and governance investing, or ESG, has become all the rage in recent years. Almost $3 trillion worth of investments are now marketed as sustainable. But as its influence has grown, so have questions about who gets to decide which companies count as green and how transparent their ratings are. Here to talk to me about this is Kenza Bryan. She writes about sustainable finance for the FT. Hey, Kenza. Hi there. So when we talk about ESG investing, what's the history of these ratings? I mean, how important are they? Well, the companies that provide the ratings are very well established. Places like MSCI, the big index provider, or the London Stock Exchange Group, or even credit rating agencies like S&P Global and Moody's, they've all been snapping up ESG data business in recent years, which means that they've lent their weight to what is actually a relatively new methodology, a relatively new way of looking at stocks. So I can imagine, you know, as these ratings grow in importance, so has scrutiny over how these agencies that dole them out work. What are some of the problems that you've seen with this process? I mean, a pretty fundamental problem is that in a world of rising global temperatures, increasing pressure on the finance industry to do its bit to help the world hit net zero emissions by 2050, scores are not actually designed to measure corporate performance on carbon emissions or pollution. They only are designed to measure how well a company is managing risks to its own bottom line from environmental, social, and governance issues. So rather than asking necessarily, how much is a company polluting? It might ask, how well is the company managing a risk from a potential hurricane or from a potential carbon tax to its own profits? Okay, so that's a pretty big issue. Are there others? So... The thing that caught our attention for the ESG rating agencies is that there are these inherent conflicts of interest. For example, the 
people who do the analysis about how green a company is or how well it's managing its risks could quite easily interact with that company within the data giants who depend on companies for their revenue. What's being done then to address some of these concerns you just brought up? To some extent, the industry is starting to shift by itself. From a more formal point of view, the European Commission has proposed to bring these companies into regulation, force providers to disclose more about their methodologies, and just generally clean up the sector. And India is probably where we've seen the most forceful attempts to regulate. Basically, providers have been told, register with the securities regulator, publish your methodologies, or leave the country. Kenza, what's the big picture takeaway here? Why is it important that these ESG ratings are legitimate? I think this shows that green finance is coming of age, that it's starting to be taken seriously as investors and people and regulators and politicians start to worry about whether we're going to hit our Paris Agreement goals of keeping global warming to 1.5 degrees above pre-industrial levels. We're kind of clutching at straws and realizing that the financial sector might be able to play a part in that. The interesting thing is it's always claimed to be able to help green the global economy. But now regulators are saying, prove it. If you're saying it's green and you're encouraging people to invest because it's green, demonstrate that there's some kind of mathematical logic to all of this. That was the FT's Kenza Bryan. Thanks, Kenza. Thanks. The head of the International Monetary Fund says the institution needs more resources to deal with the world's problems. And that could eventually mean more clout for China. In an interview with the FT, the IMF's managing director, Kristalina Georgieva, signaled her support for longer-term reforms at the IMF. We have to recognize that there is a need to uh, constantly change to reflect how the world economy is uh, changing. Uh, And I am optimistic that we will go there. China currently has less sway than Japan, even though it has a bigger share of global GDP. But for now, the U.S. isn't on board with these changes, and it has veto power. Plus, such changes aren't up for debate in the current review of voting power. Washington has been pushing to counter China's economic influence in emerging and developing countries. Part of that includes figuring out ways to support the IMF and its sister organization, the World Bank. Georgieva warned that if the IMF isn't able to get more resources, there could be major fallout. Even how much needs to be done, we simply don't have the growth we need. Fiscal space has been eroded. Debt levels have gone up everywhere. Debt service costs have gone up as well. And yet demands on the public purse are high. We are at the center of the global financial safety net. If the fund is unable to step forward and bring confidence for others, the devastation can be profound economically, socially, but also from a security standpoint. Before we go... Today is the final day of Oktoberfest. 
Millions of beer lovers made the pilgrimage in recent weeks to tents outside of Munich, Germany. Sipping through the annual celebration didn't come cheap. A liter of beer cost more than 14 euros this year, the highest price ever. But people were willing to pay for it. That consumer confidence is a bright spot in an otherwise gloomy year for the German economy. So for now, cheers. You can read more on all of these stories at ft.com for free when you click the links in our show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.